Hey, what's happening, everybody? Welcome back to Mental Health Casual, and welcome back to, uh, well, okay, sorry, just welcome back to Mental Health Casual. I am your host, Lucky. Sorry, I didn't do my Anime Casuals uh, podcast today, so I'm a little confused on what I'm doing right now. So anyway, uh, instead of going to a subreddit, I thought I would talk about something that, hmm, that I find, I, I find the most, um, I find the people are mo- the most apprehensive about, which is getting therapy, because they don't know exactly what it entails. What you know is therapy for me, and all that other all that other stuff. Um, so let me ask. Let me answer that first. Uh, sorry, that second question that I asked. I think uh, is therapy for for you or for me? Um, I think therapy is for everybody. Uh, depending, you know, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't have to be a severe. Uh, something severe that you're going through. It just has to be, uh, you know, you just have to have a wanting to get better. Now, I guess depending on what you want to get better at, that would be a different story on what kind of therapist you need, right? If you're a, if you're in the the sports field, maybe you want a sports psychologist, right? Somebody who deals with uh, people who deal, uh, somebody who deals with uh, athletes who are at the top of their craft, right? So there's anxiety. They, they they deal with like a whole host of very specialized things, right? Um, one thing that I find with fighters is they they sometimes they hit like a mental block, right? Um, so if they've been champion for a long time and all of a sudden they get beaten, they can't get back to where they were sometimes, and you know, et cetera, et cetera. Or they can't they don't have the uh, they don't have the motivation to get into the gym, you know, all that kind of stuff. So uh, whereas if you were um, if you're dealing with more like PTSD type symptoms, maybe you might want to see a uh, you know somebody who's a little bit more into somatic psychotherapy, so that you can uh, get that, so you can get the general um, anxiety out of out of your uh, out out of your body instead of just focusing on the mind, because you don't want to re-traumatize yourself by going through. Uh, by going through all of the the trauma that you went through, right? You don't want to you don't want to look at it like a movie and just you know think that uh, you know think that you know forcing yourself to watch this again is going to make you feel better. So there's different ways to go through that. Um, and then when we're talking about therapy, you know what to expect when you go to a therapist. Uh, one thing that I like to tell people is, please do not lie to your therapist i i did lie and you know i'll be completely upfront about that i definitely did lie about some things because i didn't want to go back to the the mental the the ward i didn't want to i didn't want to go back to the psych ward it was very expensive and i i just didn't um, i felt like i could deal with some of the things on my own the two things that i uh, i lied about were um having suicidal thoughts. I actually had suicidal thoughts probably till I was about 25 and they come and go, uh, every now and then now. Um, but they're more intrusive thoughts, right? Uh, what would happen if I did this with this, right? If I see a knife, what would happen if I did this with this? It's not so much as it's not so much a, a compulsion. It's more of just a, a thought in the background, you know, like, uh, I, I guess you'd say, um, like residuals from, you know, when, when I was having a lot of those thoughts. So, you know, and then the other thing I, I, I lied about was smoking weed. I, I def, I was very ashamed about smoking weed. Um, my therapist had told me, you know, pretty clearly that it was a great idea for somebody with social anxiety to smoke weed. Uh, so I eventually, and I couldn't really come up with a great reason why I was smoking weed, right? I was doing it to, 
to have fun and stuff. But I mean, I, I really wasn't, you know what I mean? Like, I, and, and, you know, he even said, you know, uh, drinking would be better for you than smoking pot. And actually I found that that was absolutely true. Uh, when I stopped smoking pot, I was definitely a lot more social. I was able to do a lot more things. Um, now this is in now, obviously that's not in every case, right? If you look at it from a drinking, from a health perspective, obviously drinking is a lot worse than the smoking pot, but in a mental health sense, I, we did a number on me, uh, in, in a lot of ways. Um, and then also having that, you know, my, my therapist was specialized, obviously specialized in a couple of different things, but he did, he did, um, have, uh, a lot of experience with social anxiety dealing with it himself. So he had already known all of these pitfalls and, um, luckily, I got to you know pick his brain a little bit on that. So, you know, when we talk about therapy, uh, when you're gonna go, let's say if you're going for your first uh, for your first meeting and all that stuff for your first uh, therapy appointment, um, you might want to actually jot down some things. This is where journaling becomes important. Now, I'll be real with you, I haven't <laughs> I haven't really done it all that much. I get a lot of them out. I get a lot of this stuff out in speaking to you guys. So first off, thank you for listening to this. But at the same time, you know, you want to try and sort your thoughts out before you get to that therapy session. Not saying that, that, you know, you might say, oh, well, isn't that what therapy is for? It's for sorting my thoughts out. Um, To a certain degree, it's more like a guided practice. You know what I mean? They're helping guide you through through what you're doing. You know, I, I think of it a little bit like a personal trainer, right? Like I go to the gym all the time and I, you know, I work out quite a bit, but, you know, having a personal trainer there would be excellent because they would be the ones to tell me, um, hey, today we're going to do this because I know yesterday you did this. Like somebody to look out from a third person perspective that and even though I do say that, you know, um, you know, using CBT is great. uh, I don't think we can completely uh, I don't think there's a way to completely look at yourself from the third person. You know what I mean? Like uh, to look at your problems from the third person. You're always going to have some ve- some uh, type of investment in what the outcome is. Whereas with uh, with a therapist, obviously they have an investment in the, your outcome, but in terms of your these temporary outcomes, right? Uh, you know, oh, I just want to have another drink, you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, they don't have any investment in that. They have an investment in you getting better. And if that happens to be quitting drinking or lowering, lowering drinking or, or excuse me, lowering how much you drink or anything like that, then that's what they'll recommend, you know? So they, they look at a lot of these things through through that objective point of view. Uh, and so when you're going to this this first point appointment, you know, um, highly recommend it. But uh, when you're going for this, to this first appointment, make sure, you know, maybe jot a couple things down. What You know, if something's bothering you that day, just write it down. You don't have to write like a, a freaking paragraph or something, but just write down, like keep a page open and write down like, oh, this bothered me today. Um, this bothered me today. Uh, even if you can't, and if you can't like put a put your finger on it, maybe you're not that introspective. And, and yeah, by the way, it's nothing to be ashamed of. It's just it's it's more of like a personality trait. Um, and by the way, like personal inter- introspect uh, introspection can backfire on you if you if you do it too much, right? Like that's where the the neuroticism starts to come in. You're just always you know looking into yourself and See, you know, if you look at if you look at yourself enough with a magnifying glass, you're going to find plenty of things that you hate. So, uh, just want to let you guys know that I'm not trying to call anybody out out there um, that isn't as introspective. But if you're not as introspective, just say, "Oh, I was angry," um, and here are the circumstances around it. Right? Like, just be observant of what's around you 
let's say your mom said something and you 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 know for some reason it just set you off even though it was like hey could you just go could you go do the dishes and for some reason set you off like I, I don't care if it's as minuscule as that because remember if we're at the height of irritability anything can set us off you know what i mean uh just anything dog starts barking at the wrong time you know you start you know you you, you get set off so um you know at least for excuse me, at least for, for me, I would, I would suggest to jot down some of the, your concerns, you know, um, what do you, and, you know, especially on that first visit, maybe tell them, what do you want? Cause it, they, I guarantee you, they're going to ask, uh, what do you want to get out of therapy? Because that'll help them, uh, that can help them figure out where, how to get you to where you want to be, you know? And that's why I say therapy is for everybody is because, when you're looking at therapy, it's not just to get you out of a hole. It's to get you to where you want to be. And maybe if you're not where you want to be in your life, uh, and you know, then maybe you, you'd want to go to a therapist to, uh, figure that out, figure out the path, you know, help, have somebody help you. I'm not saying that they're going to be experts in, you know, like if you're, if you're trying to get your <laughs> a jaw, like a high paying job or something like that, I'm not saying they're going to know exactly. And obviously you're going to have to go find people, um, that are in your field to like, you know, to pick their brains on. Maybe they, they're the ones that'll tell you that, right? They'll, they'll, they'll ask you like, Hey, is there anybody in your field that you look up to that you can approach, you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and that's the thing about therapists are uh, with the therapist, they tend to ask you, at least a good therapist will ask you questions that lead you to the answer that you already know. Um, I know that sounds very weird, right? It's like, oh, well, if I already know the answer, why would I go to the, this therapist? Because we end up putting a lot of blocks. Like, we end up, it, it, like, think of ourselves as, like, a maze, especially when we're we're mentally ill, right? Like, think of ourselves as a maze. For some reason, when we're super into the hole, so to speak, all of a sudden, man, we just end up uh, going through this maze. We, we end up creating this maze and the cheese is somewhere in that maze, right? Like the rats used to do the cheese is somewhere in that maze. And for some reason we can't do it. Uh, so the therapist ends up, the, and think of this, like the therapist can kind of see the top of the maze. And so they're giving you some instruction on, uh, so how, you know, but without telling you exactly what to do. Uh, so, you know, if you went left, is the cheese smelling stronger or, you know, it sounds very simple, but think, like let's apply that metaphor to an actual example, right? Um, I, I'm trying to think of a personal example instead of just using, um, you know, uh, instead of using a hypothetical examples. Um, one thing that I I learned about, right? I, I was having real big problems. You know, I was I, I was really um, anxious about like sex and all that stuff, and I remember talking to my therapist about it, and you know, he he's you know, he's like, you know, do you not think that you can have great sex and all that stuff? And I, I just, I didn't, I didn't think I could, you know, or anything like that, you know? And by this point I'd watched, you know, probably hundreds of hours of porn at this point. Uh, so I'd had, I'd had quite a bad, uh, I've been shown quite bad examples of what, what sex is and all that stuff. Um, and you know, he, he started asking me things like, you know, what is it about, what is it about sex that gets you so uh, worried? You know, well, one of them was I wouldn't, I didn't think that the the girl that I was with would uh, would be satisfied with me, right? So then you go, you build upon that. Okay, well, what does it take to satisfy a woman? You know, all that kind of stuff. We, we kind of went off into that direction, right? This went from social anxiety to sexual anxiety 
to you know and then i started peeling back layers of myself that i wanted to figure out you know that i wanted to get better at uh you know you don't have to just start you don't have to stop with like oh now my depression feels a lot better thanks doc you know get out of there uh you can build upon that um and then you know if you do end up reaching your goal right let's say you are somebody who is at the top of your field um nothing's wrong uh, it doesn't mean that you, it doesn't mean that things won't eventually uh, turn out bad. So having that person there to remind you every week, like you know, how, hey, how's everything going? You know, um, and having somebody to confide in will end up helping you quite a bit because it'll help you, uh, it'll help you air out your grievances, even if they're tiny, right? Even if they're tiny, it, it allows you to have that steam valve, right? I, I use this metaphor a lot, right? But I think of anger and stress as like a, a steam like a steam valve right if you never like let out any of the steam it just starts to build up in the pipes until finally they just explode right so in that sense it, it's all about you know releasing little bits of stress at a time um in a controlled environment too right like the, <laughs> you know it, it obviously you can use friends and that's totally that's totally awesome if you if you have friends that are able to do that um, but you have to be careful of two things that you don't overburden your friends, right? Because they're there to be your friends, not your therapist. Uh, not saying that they can't be there for you when the time, the hard times come, right? But they are there for you. The UK, there is a point where they could eventually get tired of, you know, hearing your grievances all the time, especially if you're not fixing them. If you're not fixing them, uh, if you're not willing to fix your problems, don't ask your friends, don't, uh, don't burden your friends with that kind of advice. You know what I mean? if it's something that you definitely want to fix, then absolutely go for it. But I've been on the receiving end of, you know, people confiding in me and then all of a sudden, you know, they'll get drunk, forget about it. And then they'll do it again. And I'll hear the same problem over and over. And it's, it, it gets really annoying after a while. Uh, so make sure you're willing to make that change. Um, and then the second one is you have to remember that these people these people don't have an objective opinion of you, right? Just like we were talking about with the third, uh, the third person, they technically don't have an objective opinion on you. Now they'll have a little bit more of an objective opinion of you uh, on you than, or of you, sorry, uh, of you than yourself, but they still have some investment in you, right? Um, and I remember, you know, one of my relatives had a therapist, but they eventually became really good friends. So they had to, she had to find another therapist because they, they ended up, you know, uh, wanting to hang out with each other. So, you know, and that's great too, but, uh, you know, therapists can't have that kind of, that, that, the kind of relationship with their, um, with their clients. So that's the thing about it. They have to try and stay as objective as possible. Um, and, you know, just because I'm saying objective and, you know, I say things before, like, like I've said things before on my podcast, like rational, doesn't mean that they're not there for you emotionally as well, right? Um, one of the biggest things was my, my first therapist, especially was there for me when, you know, my, I was at the peak of, uh, figuring out that I had, I had father issues. I had no idea that I had a problem with my dad until when I was 18, which is kind of crazy now. Cause I think about it, you know, a lot earlier, I, I definitely had a lot of problems, but, uh, I didn't, I didn't realize, I didn't put a name to them. I didn't, I didn't really think like, oh yeah, it's because of my, it's because of my relationship with my father. I just thought like, oh yeah, he's, you know, I don't like my dad and then, you know, I'm just going to go do my own thing. Uh, it doesn't exactly work like that, right? Especially with parental relationships. And that's what I learned through therapy. Um, I, I started unpackaging this, you know, as, as I started talking more about, more about my dad, it started getting easier and easier to, um, 
started getting easier and easier to cope with the fact, uh, cope with all of what has happened to me, right? Because there's no way you can go back and change what has already been done. But you, if you, once you start unpacking things and unpacking things and, you know, week to week, you know, every, you know, week, week to week, uh, hour after hour, it starts to, you know, starts to weigh, it doesn't weigh on your mind as much as it used to. Whereas if you're just sitting in a room all day thinking to yourself, like, oh my God, I hate my dad. I hate my dad. I hate my dad. It, it eventually starts to get to too, it eventually starts to get too much for any human being, right? Um, that's why I was, I've always talked about community, right? Like, you know, you can't, you can't just be on an Island by yourself. It, it doesn't work that way. So whenever you're, um, whenever we talk about, you know, therapy, that's also a part of a community as well. Right. Um, you know, and then also there is the added bonus. If you, if you're at, if you're at like a hospital, that does this, obviously if you're in a private practice and, uh, it's very different, but if you are at like a hospital, um, you know, I was at Kaiser or, you know, whatever you are, you're at. Um, a lot of times they will have some type of group meeting of some sorts, uh, which is cool. There is usually a copay on that. So, you know, that can be a little bit of a deterrent. But uh, yeah, you know, I think finding, uh, finding, you know, when you're going to a therapist, you know, that's, you should do some work on your own. It doesn't mean that they have to do all the work. One of the biggest, uh, I don't know, I was talking to one of my friends one time and he's talking about going to a therapist and I was like, Oh, that's cool. And you know, I, I was like, so what did you do? He's like, well, I mean, you know, he just asked me things. I said, yeah, no. And you know, I, and I was like, that's it. He's like, yeah, I mean, he should, he should be able to figure it out. He's, he's a therapist. So I was like, I, that's not how, you, that's not how, that's not how therapy works. You know, you have to do some work on yourself in order to uh, express yourself out of that. Obviously they're going to ask you questions, but if you don't engage with them, uh, to, to your fullest, then you're not going to be able to make any progress. You know, that's not exactly on the therapist, right? Uh, and that's the other thing that I want you guys to know is this is this is a, a tag team effort. It is not the therapist just helping you. It is a tag team effort, right? They want what's best for you, obviously, and obviously it's their profession, right? It would be very bad. Like if we're thinking about it as a, at a very practical sense, uh, your, your well-being is also, you know, their Yelp review, you know what I'm saying? Or, you know, whatever review they got. Um, so obviously they have an investment in you and, but you know, obviously they do this for a living. So it's the, one of those things that they also take pride in. So they want you to succeed just as much as you do. You know what I mean? So when you're going into that, don't just think it's like, oh yeah, this therapist just wants to to take away all my fun or all this kind of stuff. No, no, no. They want you to get as, uh, they want you to get better. And some of the things that you could like, you know, if you're in a relationship that is very unhealthy and they say, Hey, you know, it, this doesn't seem to be working very well. There are some unhealthy boundaries being, uh, you know, there are un uh, some unhealthy, uh, boundary breaking, uh, un unhealthy boundary breaks in this relationship, right? People are overstepping your boundaries. Uh, you know, this is not going exactly where, you know, this is not, a, I, I don't think this is going down a very good path. Um, and then you start looking at them like, oh yeah, but I love this person. I do this, you know, it, it doesn't get, uh, it, it's not them against you. It's them trying to help you. You know what I mean? Um, and, you know, I can tell you firsthand that I thought that a lot. I always thought that my therapist was against me. Like, oh my God, he doesn't want me to smoke weed, but everybody smokes weed. You know, I mean, I, I got to smoke weed. You know, I, I, I was in, I was in, the Bay Area. I just thought that that was what I had to do. I really did think that I was destined to do this because of, you know, whatever, you know, 
And I didn't really think, I didn't start thinking for myself. And I, I started realizing that I was, I started, I started just realizing that I, you know, I was making it harder because I was looking at him as if he was stopping me from evolving as a human. But all I was doing was stopping myself from, uh, from getting better, you know, and that's the, that's a really tough thing, you know, and just because somebody says something that you don't like to hear, it doesn't mean that they're trying to hurt you. So those are, those are some, some things that I would say uh, that could help you when you're first trying to get into therapy. Because, you know, when we're talking about therapy, every, everybody just kind of looks at it in one fashion, right? You see it in the movies, right? Somebody's, you're on a couch, somebody's on a chair, you know, they're taking notes. They're asking, how do you feel about that? How did that make you feel? Uh, but it's a lot more than that. It, it is a two-way street. You have to be just as uh, just as much of a participant in that therapy session as uh, as your therapist is. You know, there are going to be days where you don't. Wow, I can't believe I have to go to my therapist appointment. Oh my god, there are going to be days like that. I I get it, but uh, tell them about that day. Wow, this day I, I just didn't really feel like wanting to do much. I didn't even want to do this therapy appointment. Be honest with them. Be oh, be upfront. They're not there to judge you. They're there to help you, and hopefully that is what you get out of your therapy appointment, uh, your therapist. Um, and if, if it isn't, then feel free to go search. You know, it's a lot like uh, college, right? Um, once I got into college and I realized that I didn't have to like, you know, just sit around with the same teacher, it, it was great. It was absolutely fantastic. I was, I was thrilled. I never had to really do that, but uh, you know, I liked that that was in my hands now instead of waiting a whole semester before I could change my, my darn, uh, my darn teacher. So Anyway, guys, hopefully that helps. Remember, you can check out All Things Casual at the link tree in the description box down below. Also, if you'd like to email us or email me, you can email me at mentalhealthcasual at gmail.com. But as always, guys, don't forget to keep it casual.